Hello, everyone, and welcome to another special guest edition of the Cathedral of Sport podcast. And today we have on a very special guest in Andy Scott, who has kindly come on the show to tell us about his great uncle, wrestler, boxer, actor, and triple lifesaver, Chick Cocky Knight, and to promote his new book, London's Lovable Villain. Andy, lovely to have you on, fella. How's life been? Yeah, not too bad, Ash. Many thanks for uh, inviting me on. Much appreciated. Not a problem at all. It's a, you're a, it's a good one for me to have on because my, my nan was a big lover of wrestling, uh, all the old wrestling and stuff like that. So as soon, right. as, as soon, as, you, as, soon as you popped up on, on social media, I thought oh, this would be a really interesting one to do. And it's attracted quite a lot of interest as well amongst oh, uh, right. friends and family. Yeah. Excellent. So, Andy, tell us a little bit about Chick's early life and how, and how he became a wrestler. Yeah, sure. Um, well, it all starts in Hammersmith in West London. Uh, Chick is born there in 1903, uh, grows up quite a large household. There's uh, seven kids at home, uh, nine in total in the, in the household. Um, and sort of growing up, um, his, his dad is a London cab driver, probably one of the first um, that, that there were when they changed over to from horse-drawn cabs going over to uh, like electric cabs, if you like, at yeah. the time. Um, so, like I say, there's quite a few, quite a few kids at home. Uh, sadly, Chick's mum passes away at quite a young age. Uh, she's about 39 years old. In and um, Chick and his brother Albie, uh, for whatever reason, decide to leave home, and they're, they're sort of living on their on their wits and living on the streets for a little while. Oh, and um, Chick, yeah, Chick, Chick's uh, Chick's sisters uh, sort of keep them uh, afloat with food, you know, and looking after them as much as they can, and then um, persuade Chick uh, to go into the army. Well, they effectively they sign him up almost, and, th- and this is around the the First World War's ended, but it's still like nineteen eighteen, uh, and he's only. 15 years old so they lie about his age to get him in the services and we got a picture of uh, of chick where he, he he basically looks like a school kid the he looks like he's he's got an army uniform khaki dress that's probably about three sizes too big for him so he he, he joins up and he, he joins the um first battalion suffolk regiment and they go they go all over the place, basically. They're, they're sort of concentrated around India, Singapore, um, Madras, and they end up in Gibraltar um, around about um, 1924 that we that we know of. And um, Chick is uh, this is one of the this is the first uh, sort of life saving feats that that happens to Chick through throughout his life. Um, he, he's in a bathing party in uh, in Catalan Bay, mm-hmm. which is quite a um, it's quite a ferocious current around there. It's quite quite a, a deep bay, and um, quite a few people over the years have, have fallen in trouble there in the in the waters. And they're in a bathing party, and Chicks um, Chick sees one of his fellow soldiers, uh, Private Durant, get into trouble, and he's a He's a good like three hundred meters out in uh, out from shore, and Chick, being quite a, 
a strong swimmer at this time. He, he sort of built himself up in the army. When he goes in, like I say, he's a pretty scrawny kid. But as the pictures progress and from what we've learned about Chick's life in the services, he, he becomes a champion boxer. He becomes a champion wrestler. Uh, he's a pretty good fencer. So his he's sort of sporting prowess starts to develop and so does his physique. So he, he becomes quite a big, quite a strong swimmer, like I say. He swims out um, 300 metres. Uh, by this time, Durant has actually passed out. So he, he brings him back to shore. He performs CPR on him and saves his life, bring, brings him back to life. And as a result of that, um, the governor of Gibraltar presents him with a certificate from the Royal Humane Society and is a big presentation at the garrison barracks there. And, um, you know, Chick is, is mentioned in dispatches and everything and, and very highly thought of. Um, and he, he continues in the services from, unfortunately, I've not been able to get his full service record, but the, the first instance that we've got him coming back into, into the, the UK is uh, a fight, a professional boxing fight that happens in 1927, which is back in on his home turf in in Fulham, and Chick's in a um, he's in a light heavyweight bout. Uh, it's a it's a charity uh, match, and Chick is uh, is is fighting there, and that sort of leads to him obviously looking to make a career in the in the sports field, you know, in in whatever line. Yeah. But he doesn't he doesn't go into uh sort of professional wrestling full uh, sorry, professional boxing full time. He suddenly decides um to go into professional wrestling. He's obviously quite, you know, quite proficient at both sports, but uh he decides in both sports, Andy. Yes, indeed. So coming out of the Coming out of the army, like I say, we we sort of the first instance we've we've got of Chick coming back into the into the UK after he after he leaves the services is uh, is nineteen twenty seven, and mm-hmm. Chick is Chick is boxing, and it's sort of semi professional. Um, it's a charity bout, and it's on his home turf in in Fulham, quite close to to Hammersmith. And that's the first instance we've got where he's taking up sort of uh, professional sport back in back in the UK after having quite a successful um, stint in the services and being proficient at boxing, at wrestling, at fencing. Um, but then for whatever reason, um, he decides to turn a professional wrestler. And that happens in 1932. And the first... First instance there we've got is of him in a tournament out in uh, out in Hungary, and from then on uh, his career as a professional wrestler he comes in at, at heavyweight in the heavyweight division. Uh, so he he starts fight, fighting all over, um, not just obviously the the UK, uh, but outside of the UK in in Spain, in Germany, um, back into India, where he's, he's quite um, well respected due to his, uh, his the army. He was actually a champion in India whilst in the army, apparently. 
Wow. Um, that we've been we've been able to find out. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he, and he, you know, he he had when when he came out of the army when he when he was sort of uh, obviously debating what to do with regards to the either to go the the boxing or the or the wrestling route. Um, he'd actually done some amateur championships um, for the police, and uh, he fought in a he fought in a tournament um, which was the police H division championships. And I've spoken to the guys there who are responsible for boxing at at their uh, you know at the division level now, yeah. and they say that tournament has progressed so much that it's held at the O2 arena in crowds of, yeah, in front of crowds of between two to 3000. And it's become a very well-respected tournament. And they say that for Chick to have won it, it was known back then as the Lafone cup um, for Chick to have won it. He must've been a pretty damn good fighter uh, because apparently around that time, all the divisions sort of sent in their, in their guys to fight, but also outsiders were allowed to come into the contest, you know? So, um, so Chick was obviously quite, quite proficient, as I said, at, uh, at his boxing career. Um, and he wins, uh, another championship called the, um, it's called the business houses championship. Mm-hmm. And that's in, in London. And, and that's got its own athletics association now. So these are quite sort of, uh, you know, prominent tournaments that he wins. But like I say, he, he, he decides that, you know, professional wrestling is, is going to be his thing. And uh, he's, he's there at the very sort of forefront of the development of the sport. Um, just because around the 1930s, uh, guy, a gentleman called Atoll Oakley sort of lays down uh, a set of rules. And then I think they're known as the Lord Mount Evans rules. And that sort of lays the foundations for professional wrestling as we sort of be, have become to know it, as maybe the likes of you and I would know it when we saw it on, you know, World of Sport or maybe Anand remembers it, you know, from, from then. Yeah, that sort of very much laid the foundations for it to be a, a professional sport where it was taken taken seriously. And, yeah. and back in those back in those days, you know, these are these are not um, sort of showbiz fights, maybe as you you know you would see on WWE or WWF now. You know, this is this is like proper wrestling. People really getting hurt. You know, um, when she comes out the ring or his opponent comes out the ring and they're they're bloodied. That's real blood. You know, they've really been been hurt. And there are instances that I've got of either chick or an opponent being carried unconscious out of the ring or thrown out the ring, actually breaking the boards um, of the ring mat, you know? Um, So, and he's coming up against um, some fantastic names at the time, the likes of uh, a gentleman called Bert Azarati, who was a a heavyweight champion at the, at the time. Um, A guy called Joe Cornelius, uh, Douglas Clark. These are all guys like you, you know, you look around and Google them 1930s, 1940s. These are all well-known heavyweights that Chick is regularly coming into contention with. So like I say, he has a 26 year career uh, in professional wrestling that takes him all over the world, fighting some of the great names 
in various countries. Um, when he fights abroad, he's known as the Russian Bear, uh, and he goes <laughs> under the name. Yeah, he goes under the name of Sergei Orlov. Um, so that, that that sort of made it quite interesting uh, trying to trace the vast majority that I've been able to trace of, of Chick's fights. And he goes under different connotations of his name. So he's he, he can be like Chick or Cocky Knight or Chick without the K, Crafty Cockney, Killer Cockney. There's all these different things. So... That, because there's been no sort of like official records going back that far uh, or Chick didn't keep a, you know, like a detailed diary. It's yeah. just been a case of researching and trying to dig up as many of the fights the, that we can. And I've, I've managed to, to find best part of a thousand uh, fights that, that Chick had throughout that period. So it's going to be quite a comprehensive record. And the wrestling historians um, have been quite impressed i've been able to find that many um they've they've provided uh some some help as well uh which has which has been great and some some access to you know fight files of of that time but um the sport as i as i said was developing uh, as a professional sport and in 1938 it starts to actually get televised and chick is one of the first British wrestlers to ever be featured on TV. Uh, Canadian champion called El McCready comes over and fights against Chick at uh, the Empress Hall at Earl's Court in London uh, in 1938. So in, in the August of that year, he's actually appearing on TV as one of the first British uh, professional wrestlers and going up against a, you know an international heavy, heavyweight champion of his, of his field. So uh, yeah, he's 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 very well uh, revered, but sadly he's not been that well known. And hopefully, this this book will will sort of change that. Hopefully so, Andy. I mean, <laughs> that's some story. I mean, especially stuff about the army in Gibraltar and stuff like that. You know, I mean, for such, guys, such a young age as well. It's it, yeah, you don't really want to have to go through that at that sort of age. You know, having to save someone's life and stuff. But incredible, incredible early story. Anyway. Something else I looked yeah. into about Chick, and yeah. he had a film career, didn't he? And also, also tell us about his double life-saving heroics. He's, he's already had one, but he had three. Yeah. So he won the other yeah. two as well. And uh, he tells us a bit about his film career as well. Sure, sure. Yeah, so um, roll forward uh, from the first life-saving incident in 1924. We're, we're 1930. Uh, it's the 5th of June. Uh, sorry, 15th of June, 1930. And uh, Chick is walking over Hammersmith Bridge with his, with his brother, Albie. And um, he says to Albie, there's someone in the water and they look like they're in trouble. And it's a, it's a young girl. And for whatever reason, she's in the water. She's, she's obviously got into difficulty. So Chick says to his brother, Albie, run and get the police. I'm going in. And he's on the, he's sort of in between the Hammersmith and Barnes side of, of Hammersmith Bridge. He's, he's on the, obviously on the, the walkway. Uh, so jumps in, but before he jumps in, he notices that there's somebody else in the river, uh, a gentleman. And what's happened is that guy has gone in to rescue the girl and got into difficulty himself. Um, and the, the waters around Hammersmith, you've only got to watch uh, 
things like the boat race when you see them go under Hammersmith Bridge to realise they obviously sort of keep to the left because of the, the swirl and the current. And that's always been there. There's always been quite a fierce current and quite sort of fierce riptides and whirlpools around Hammersmith Bridge and the, and the Thames uh, there. So it's always been quite fierce. And again, obviously, Chick is, you know, quite a, quite a stocky build by this time. Um, he's probably around the 18, 19 stone mark. Um, very strong swimmer, as I've said. So he jumps in, uh, rescues the girl and brings her out. By this time, his brother's got back um, with the, uh, seemingly with the police. Chick goes back in and rescues the gentleman as well. Uh, so he brings those two people out one at a time. And, you know, going back into the river, going back into the Thames, uh, not once, but twice, um, quite, quite, a, you know, no mean feat sort of thing. Um, and this again results in him getting a certificate from the Royal Humane Society for his heroic feat, but it's never been sort of publicly acknowledged. And again, uh, hopefully this book will, will change that. Um, and, and there's a petition up and running at the moment. We've got over 270 signatures on it. Uh, some MPs have signed it as well to get Chick a plaque on Hammersmith Bridge in, in recognition of that of that double heroic uh, heroic rescue. Yeah, um, <clears throat> about that petition, I've signed it. I've shared it about on our Twitter page and stuff like that. But look, hopefully you get you get enough signatures. But is it going to be hard lobbying the local council to put that there? Because I know they can be really awkward. Yeah, it has been. It has been, Ash. Um, I've been in conversation with them, which is sort of why the petition has, has, as the book has neared completion, we're we're at the proofreading stage at the moment, um, I've decided to step it up a level. Uh, So I've been in conversation with the mayor of Hammersmith and Fulham and Hammersmith Council for best part of a year now. And sadly, we've not not hit... um, success or we've not had anything sort of conclusive with regards to yes we're going to do something when we're going to do it etc there's just been nothing it's just been sort of batted back so I thought right let's seize the day let's do a petition let's get it really up and running and let's get some hopefully some big names behind it as well to generate interest and now obviously in particular with regards to what's happening to Hammersmith Bridge, it's actually closed at the moment for repairs, uh, then I think there's never been more better time uh, for something to be to be done. And especially with um, a lot of the local businesses and a lot of the local people, you know, in support of things being done to Hammersmith Bridge, I've actually been able to sort of piggyback, if you like, on their campaign to say, look, at the same time I, being a Barnes born um former resident myself and chick also living in barnes until his until his uh until his sad death uh then we know only too well the state of hammersmith bridge and how much it's in need of repair but there's never been a better time to get recognition for for chick's feet than than now you know we're 90 years on from that feat and i think it's long long overdue definitely um guys listening into this Please, it's on change.org. It's a petition. Get Chick Cocky Knight a plaque on Hammersmith Bridge, which he fully deserves. Um, yeah. And he's been so supportive of our podcast since we've 
since we've come on air in the last few weeks. And, and uh, so, guys, it'd be nice uh, for you guys to give him a bit of love back and and help him get this plaque, which Chick Cocky Knight fully deserves. I want to know about his, a bit about his film career, actually, yeah. because it's, a, it's really interesting stuff. Yeah, well, it's take again. That's taken a new development over, literally over this past uh, couple of weeks. Funny enough, it's been. I've been in touch with uh, with a lot of the old studios. Um, some of them have still are, are still sort of up and running, like Ealing. Um, there's still a studio at Twickenham, and Chick. Um, we we don't actually know how he got into. Uh, into working in the film business. We know he had a lot of celebrity and showbiz friends. So possibly, and a lot of the wrestlers actually did like extra work and fight work. And the past couple of weeks has unearthed a name because we've discovered Chick's contacts book. And there was a gentleman in there by the name of Mickey Wood, who was a fellow wrestler. And uh, he set up his own, stuntman agency and we 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 know like we've known of two of chick's films that he's uh he, he definitely had had spoken about um which was he's got a speaking part in the george formby film trouble brewing uh where he basically effectively he plays himself he's a he's a wrestler and george uh speaks to him as he's coming out of the, the changing room and about to go into the ring um and he does uh, stump work um, for Gainsborough and he appears as a stuntman in the film The Wicked Lady uh, with Margaret Lockwood but that was all we knew and it was a case of then sort of going through films where wrestlers were involved or where there were fight scenes or where there were people of sort of his era if you like um, sort of crime films or uh, likes of George Formby or Flanagan and Allen and, and sort of trying to piece together where he, where he appeared as either an extra or, or in a speaking role. So we, we had a few films sort of dotted about with Flanagan and Allen and the Formbys of this world. But then uh, the, I say this, this gentleman, Mickey Wood pops up in the stunt agency and it lists um, several films that, uh, that Mickey was uh, doing the stunts for fight coordinations so it's added uh, a few other films into the into the frame uh, that we that we've now been able to sort of clarify that you know although chick's not listed um mm. and that's the sad thing with with regards to the studios they haven't actually kept records of those people that appeared as film extras during that during those times so um like I say, unfortunately, it's been, well, fortunately and unfortunately, it's been a case of sitting down and watching the old black and whites and scanning through and waiting to see if uh, if Chick's mug sort of pops up on the on the screen, which several <laughs> times it, it, it has, which, is, which has been great because we've had pictures of Chick backstage where he's meeting the likes of um, Ben Warris. Ben Warris. So he, 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 he's meeting uh, comedian Ben Warris uh, backstage and there's another film actor and director called Brian Forbes. He's in the picture. Uh, and then we've got the Irish opera singer, Joseph Locke, and he's in the picture as well. So he's obviously meeting, you know, big name people are coming backstage to meet and have a chat with, uh, with Chick. 
And then other pictures came to light um, of Chick with other sort of either celebrities or well-known sort of connections. We believe he had a uh, quite a good friendship with Diana Dawes. Uh, wow. <laughs> she, yeah, she, she, she worked with a, quite a few wrestlers during her film career um, where they, they appeared in films with her. So we think sort of ch- the way Chick knew her was, was through those. Um, but also one of the unlikely, unlikeliest of friendships, if you like, uh, was with Britain's last hangman, Albert Pierpoint. Uh, which again, you, you sort of think, well, okay, you got a professional professional wrestler here, and he's uh, one of his best pals that he uh, he regularly sees is Albert Pierpoint, um, and the two apparently shared uh, a great love of cigars, um, beer, and uh, boxing. So the two would regularly meet up uh, if if Albert, as he used to term it if he was down in london on business uh he would meet up with chick and likewise if chick was fighting up in manchester or somewhere around the north albert had a pub in oldham so would probably drop in on on albert or uh, or stay in the in the rooms above the pub so again it's just like one of the most you know unlikeliest of friendships uh, that you could imagine but it's just somebody else who who falls into uh, in, into Chick's colourful life. <laughs> Cigarettes, beer and boxing, ladies and gentlemen. Sounds like my kind of night out. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds brilliant. Uh, Andy, talk to us about your upcoming book, London's Lovable Villain. When that will be out, how much will it's looking to retail at? Because I'm, I'm sure you'll sell a few copies um, and I'm sure a few of our listeners will buy a copy after hearing Chick's story because it is it's absolutely fascinating how how people can fit all these things into one lifetime and, you know, and have all these <laughs> stories to tell. It's incredible. Uh, you know, that's the glory of life. So just tell us a little bit about the uh, a book and when it, when it's coming out. Yeah, sure. Well, like I said earlier, it's at the proofreading stage at the moment. Uh, we've got several people, including myself, that are obviously going to, going to proofread it. We're going to put the finishing touches to it probably over the next few weeks. Um, I've then, I've, I've approached somebody with regards to, laying it out and then we're more than likely we're going to look at the amazon route uh for for publishing it to get it out to a to a wider audience so it very much depends on amazon with regards to the uh costing side of things but i would imagine given the size of book that we're we're talking about it's probably going to maybe be around the sort of 10 pound mark or whatever um but I'll definitely be putting stuff up as soon as, you know, it's gone off and it's, it's uh, you know, it's looking like it's it's going to come out. I'm hoping, um, well, maybe end of September, early October, uh, that it will be available for, for people to purchase. And that there'll be, there should be something for everyone with regards to the, not only the sporting side, but like I've said, the celebrity side, the film side. And we've got a, we've got a bit of, other fields for for chick as well because once he finished his career in the ring he actually went into the door work so he was one of london's first sort of doorman and bouncers yeah we've got a, we got a few uh instances there which will 
be of interest to those who uh, who probably like their true crime and that kind of thing because there there's a, an incident that pops up in outside a West End nightclub in 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 Soho um, back in 1959. So there's a few connections there that throw uh, things up for for people as well, and and then Chick's door work takes him into mix him with royalty because he ends up doing security at uh, Kensington Palace when Princess Margaret is there. So we've mm. got another element that, that comes into the frame. So calling it um, a colourful life is pretty pretty much an understatement, I, I would say. <laughs> um, no, it's, it sounds fascinating. And, uh, you know, going on the doors around that sort of era would have been, would have been pretty dangerous. I mean, you, you know, I'm not going to name drop, but you, you know, the sort of famous um, villains that are around of that era, uh, especially with the betting syndicates and things like that. And then you've got the, the East end gangsters that, that moved into the West end and, and took over nightclubs there. So. Indeed. You know, and we, yeah. we've, we've, we've thrown a few names in there because there's more than a few connections um, simply with regards to the incident I've been talking to talking to you about so it, yeah it will it will highlight um some close connections there with regards to that fraternity and links to barnes southwest london where chick was living at the time and also th that side of the security work because obviously a lot of the wrestlers or boxers of the of the time it made sense for those kind of guys, particularly of chick size, um, being in the heavyweight division, being sort of six feet tall, 20 stone, 21 inch neck, able to put a good few guys down. It makes sense for somebody of that ilk to be on the doors. And a lot of the fellow wrestlers uh, were doing the doors at that time around Soho and the, and the West End. So, yeah, like, like you say, you know, You've got the the names that we the, the, that we would know of of that era and those that are about to come to prominence. Um, so yeah, it does make that particular chapter will make for interesting reading, definitely. Um, I'm definitely going to buy it, um, <laughs> and, I, and I hope many of our listeners will will also purchase it. One last thing I want to touch on, uh, Andy yeah. the the British Wrestling Hall of Fame. Did Chick get inducted into that? Yes, he, he was. Posthumously inducted into the British Wrestlers Reunion Legends Hall of Fame uh, two weekends ago. Uh, because of COVID, uh, there wasn't an actual award ceremony, uh, but it was officially announced. Uh, we're going to be picking up the certificate for that next year at the uh, at the official ceremony. But uh, yes, he's he's been posthumously inducted into that. Um, which obviously sets him in the in the high rankings of those uh, well thought of wrestlers from many eras, not just obviously obviously chicks, uh, but he's also got his name now in what they call their, their sort of dressing room in the sky, if you like. Um, so hopefully it's it's putting well, it's putting chicks name back in the headlines um, for all the right reasons. And hopefully getting him some more than long overdue acknowledgement for the fact of his prominence. And it is, 
his sort of footprint in in the sport um, in those very early days. You know, uh, the, the likes of the superstars uh, of wrestling now, you know, probably wouldn't be, uh, you know, as high ranking as they are, were it not for the likes of Chick and, and his his era making their mark on the sport and bringing it to prominence and bringing it to, to TV, you know. Um, so he, he's, he's definitely, uh, let's say getting the, getting the recognition that's, that's more than long overdue. Excellent. And, and full congratulations from, from us here at the Cathedral of Sport podcast to you and, and your family on your great uncle's achievement there. Andy. Thank you, Ash. Thank you so much for coming on today. I really, really appreciate your time. Um, and you know, your knowledge and the hard work that you've put in to, you know, getting, getting all the archives up of what your great uncle did and, and then putting a book together about it. I mean, that's, you know, everyone's got a busy life and that must have taken some work. So full hats off to you, mate, full respect. Uh, I can't you. wait to the, I can't wait till the book is out and hopefully our listeners will jump on it. So guys, plenty of previous shows to catch up on, on the cathedral of sport. We've got interviews with John Sitt and Mark Beard and in a couple of days time, hopefully when this is all published, with Andy Scott about his great uncle Chick Cocky Knight. We've, we've had Muay Thai boxer Andy Sketch Ward on. We've also had free football shows, NBA show, F1 show. Guys, there's so much to catch up on at Cathedral underscore sport on Twitter, anchor.fm forward slash Cathedral Sport. We're also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Pod, uh, sorry, Apple Podcasts. Next week, we're interviewing Carl Cleghorn, who's from Falklands Water Football Chairman. That's going to be a cracking interview. And we've also got fan guest interviews coming your way and a couple of professional boxers world champions former world champions sorry um just waiting on dates for them to get back to me and we'll be having them on the show for an interview again andy you have a lovely weekend um and take care cheers ash much appreciated thanks again. thank you very much thanks for your time mate cheers guys hi guys i'd like to take this opportunity to apologize for the inconveniences during that episode for the sound issues that we incurred look uh, our editor and man was away and I, I tried to get them all out myself pretty amateurish i know but still hopefully you got um a good show out of it and you enjoyed it so sorry for the sound issues they will be rectified in further shows thank you <laughs>